And uh, I'm Lauren. I will be playing Jeanette. Yes. I am Jackson, and I will be... <laughs> we gotta cut this out. <laughs> I, I had no idea the character's name. <laughs> I am Jackson, and I will be playing Jeff. I'm and we Will? have... Oh. Oh, oh, actually, Hello? no, we know Will. Disaster! Disaster! <laughs> we don't need... We don't need, we don't, <laughs> we don't need Will! Wait, can we just start over? Hold yeah. on. I like this. Fine, then we'll start over. We use it as the blooper. It'll be fine. Yeah. back. I well, know. if you haven't already heard, Jacob Wishneck is back on the pod today. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm not as hey, happy about Jacob. that now as I was like five seconds hey, ago. Jacob. I, it's, it's a fun no, twist. No, but thank you so much for coming. It's a fun twist. I Isn't guess. that the game? It's, it's red light, green light? I mean, that is the game. It's that's not what we true. do on this podcast, but no, that's, uh, <laughs> that's fine. That's so, fine. So uh, if you are new here to the green light, like Jacob clearly is, um, <laughs> Damn, we read unproduced pr- plays and screenplays and interview the awesome people who wrote them. Yeah, so. that's it. Staged reading for your ears, if you will. Yeah, and our, this is... Our fun tagline. And this is uh, episode eight, which means yes, that is. in two more episodes, we have... A kind of cool announcement to make, so yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned. A couple episodes. Jacob's looking at us like he doesn't know. That's why it's a surprise. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, so I'm that... thoroughly confused. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so let's get into our detours of the week, shall detours. we? So this is a segment we like to do every episode, where we sort of talk about something that we have consumed in the past week, some form of media, whether it be television show, film play, book, audiobook. That's new. None of us have an audiobook, but ten-year-old that's, that's a game. potential. True. <laughs> we, we have <laughs> done the occasional 10-year-old Wii game. Um, Jacob, do you want to, since this is your, your first time back on our detour segment in a yeah. while, you want to you wanna hop on first? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll talk. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of my good friends who um, one of you... Your prior guests introduced me to Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, we haven't with, had Webb yet. Yeah, but he's a mutual friend with Will, who has been on. Okay, okay yes, okay, okay. correct. <laughs> Will, like, the, like, the web of the, yeah, the web of dots to get the to Webb. Webb, he's a talented uh, <laughs> storyboard artist and mm-hmm. animator, nice. and he introduced me to something I've heard about before, but I hadn't looked into and, and considered watching it's a it's a short series by Jendi Tartakovsky called Primal you can see it on HBO um, and it's really cool it's it's kind of um, Jendi Tartakovsky is the creator of Samurai Jack um, he also did Dexter's Lab back Ooh, in the really? day yeah he Ooh. he's gotten more mature as he's as he's um, created more work sure Primal is definitely mature animated series it's no dialogue whatsoever it's the story of a caveman befriending a um some sort of raptor t-rex or something and, and um, it's jurassic world over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over shared tragedy Ooh. so it's it is pretty dark it is but it's it's a really interesting kind of foray into just visual storytelling because there's no dialogue whatsoever cool. um and it's it's just dope it's dope as hell 
Can I say that? Cool. That's fine. That's close <laughs> enough to... They say that a, in church. It's okay. Yeah, true. Exactly. If you could say it in church, you could say it on this podcast. That's what we That's like why to, I haven't been on. I can't uh, curse like a sailor. Like yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to ask you something about Primal. You mm-hmm. said you said HBO, mm-hmm. and you said how many episodes is it? So far, it's five. five. Another five will be released in oh, okay. a few months, I think. Oh, cool! That's super. That's super short. Yeah, but it's it's only this one, like spurt of ten episodes. That's oh, it. Oh wow! Okay, and, so like a limited. Um, yeah, and each thing. each episode's about twenty minutes or so. So okay, cool. Super quick to that's get through. Not long at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like five episodes is like less than a movie then. Oh yeah, so it's like Definitely. hour and a half. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Cool. Might have to check that out then. Yeah. It's Dope. It. I like period. Dope <laughs> things. Period. <laughs> um, uh, who should go next? Um, uh, how about I? Yeah, I go, go next, next since I have the bit of the oddball. Uh, going back to my roots, of, well, not really, but just episode two. I talked about a book, mm. and I yeah. Hey now. The, the shock I was from there the crowd. You were. <laughs> so I had to had to bring it back for yeah, Jacob. So I'm talking about another book. On this episode. So the book that I read uh, this past week, well, I guess I've been reading it for a couple weeks, but it's it's very cool. It's by Angela Davis, who, if you don't know who Angela Davis is, she is an activist, author, a million other things, but uh, she was featured prominently on 13th, the documentary that mm-hmm. I mentioned um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Ava DuVernay, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the book that she wrote is called Freedom is a Constant Struggle, Ferguson, Palestine, and the Foundations of a Movement. So this is sort of a collection of other Angela Davis works, actually. It is a compilation of an interview that, or a couple interviews that she did, actually, and then some essays and speeches that she gave. And it, it's, the, the big theme of it is sort of the connections uh, between struggles with, like, state violence in the U.S., and then oppression throughout history and the world. So she does a really great job through the interview and through the speeches. Some of them overlap a little bit, um, especially towards the end, but, you know, it's it's totally fine because every word that Angela Davis says, I feel like I just grab onto and want to <laughs> hold onto forever. But she does a great job of, of connecting struggles at home and especially struggles that have come up again very prominently recently uh, with struggles across the world. And this this book came out actually, I think it's from a collection of things between 2013 and 2015 or 16. Hmm. And even at that time, Angela Davis talks a lot about um, police reform, the uh, police abolition of the police, or not abolition. um, Defunding. Defunding the police. and, and things like that. So she's obviously a very forward thinker and a very prominent um, thinker and activist of our time. So if you haven't heard of Angela Davis, just read uh, one of her essays, watch one of her speeches. She's incredible. Uh, some of the other things she talks about in this book is things like black feminism, intersectionality, um, prison abolitionism, which is a big part of 13th as well, which mm-hmm. she talks about a lot. And a- another really cool thing that I thought she did in this was talk about the how a lot of movements in the past have sort of focused around a central leader you know center right the 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 civil rights movement excuse me had like martin luther king and malcolm x and things but she sort of stressed more the importance of the movement as a whole and the the importance of a collective on influencing a movement as opposed to sort of these in a way godlike figures that we sort of almost Instead of focusing on the movement, focus on what they did. Which, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, 
incredible men there were and did incredible things but i love how she sort of brings it back to the movement and brings it back to what it's really all about and how it really is about you know co a collective people getting together and how that actually has influenced change throughout history and so it's very cool um it is it's not super long actually it's probably like i think it's under 200 pages so uh freedom is a constant struggle ferguson palestine and the foundations of a movement by angela davis if you're looking for a little education get on that yeah uh angela davis is actually so i'm reading a book right now called stamped from the beginning by i believe his name is pronounced ibram x kendi um, but that book focuses on five different people who have really revolutionized uh, ideas surrounding race in America. And Angela Davis is actually the fifth and last person oh, that really? she does a whole part on. So I'm, I'm only on part two right now, which is why this is not my detour of the week. Sure. But <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to get to that. Yeah. So my detour of the week, I know yes. I'm really behind on this, but I finally watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to butcher these names. Jacob, if you know them, please correct me. But I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. The, so it's directed by Celine Shiama, maybe? That sounds right to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Celine. <laughs> that part's right. Yeah. It's Celine, if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, it is mostly in French. There's actually, for a second, there's a little bit of Italian, and I honestly didn't realize they were speaking in Italian until... You know, one of the characters asked the other one, like, oh, where do you learn to speak Italian? And I was like, oh, I guess they're speaking in Italian. Um, but, no, it's it's really, really good. So, basically, the premise of it, um, if you've seen the trailers for it, there's this young woman named Heloise who is supposed to get married to um, a man from Milan. And um, she, she is really resisting this marriage. She does not want it to happen. So, in order for her to marry this man uh, because it takes place in the 1800s and cameras aren't like really a thing yet. Um, True. She has to have her portrait made to be sent to this man so he can decide if he wants to marry her based on the portrait. And she already wore out one painter before uh, the one that they focus on because she refused to pose for the portrait. So they call in a new painter named Marianne played by Noemi Merlant, I think. Um, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do any of us speak French at all? No. no we should have asked Will. We should have yeah. asked Will. Actually, Will speaks French. Anyway, uh, but um, so she brings in her, and uh, the mother of this young woman says, okay, she doesn't know that you're painting her. She thinks that you are a companion to go on walks with her. Uh, you need to just observe her and then paint her from memory at night. So that's what she does. Um, and it's it's basically an, a 19th century... A love story between these two women that, you know, has to happen in secret. It's over a pretty short period of time. It's like 12 days, I think. Oh, wow. Um, so, but, you know, it's, I thought the pacing of it especially was really strong. Um, it's, it's kind of a slow burn. The relationship sort of develops over a long period of time and yet all at once. Um, because, you know, you just see them getting to know each other for the first pretty much half of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's like, um... Their, their relationship sort of forms pretty quickly after that. Um, I thought it was really realistic. There's, um, there's a lack of music throughout. Yeah. Um, because music is so much associated with freedom for Heloise. Um, you know, she, she was at a convent before she was supposed to be married because it was supposed to be her sister who was oh, going to yeah. be married. And she said that one of the things she missed was being able to hear music 
anytime she wanted at the convent. Um, so that's a, something I thought was really interesting. That's such like, a beautiful element of the film. For really, sure. They do it so well. Because there are only, um, there's, there's a scene where there's a, a bunch of women at a feast who sort of come together and sing. And it's kind of eerie, but it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's, there's one specific piece of music that Marianne plays for Heloise, sort of haphazardly on, I guess it's a harpsichord. It seemed like a harpsichord, yeah. Yeah. And then um, it sort of comes back at the end. It becomes like, it's kind of a motif, even though it really only comes up twice. But, you know, they actually hear it from an orchestra and it's like, a, it's a just big emotional moment. So I really liked that. Um, another thing I thought was really interesting is that there are a lot of long shots on people's faces. So there were just a lot of points in the film where, you know, they just stayed on one person for longer than you would expect. Um, but I thought, you know... A, because the premise of it, at least for the first half of the movie, is that um, this painter is observing her and trying to memorize her features so she can paint her later. I thought that made a lot of sense. Um, And it it sort of just carries throughout the whole film, you know, where you are supposed to just... It's almost like the audience is supposed to memorize their faces and their features and everything they do, too. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Um, It is on Hulu, I think. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's on Hulu, so um, give it a watch. It's awesome. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I need to watch it. I'm certainly behind on it as well. I cannot imagine trying to draw, paint anything, someone's face from memory. No. Someone's <laughs> portrait from memory. Well, especially if, it, like, if it's supposed to, you know, it's not abstract. Like, it has to look yeah. like them. It has to serve as a photograph. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, and, yeah. And from not seeing the movie at all, I feel like it's kind of a kind of a really cool just device or thing because it, it forces For that sure. other character to really take in um, absolutely their, yeah their their partner which mm-hmm. is which is super cool yeah so yeah how do you recommend those that? Moments. um but yeah those are our detours so this week we are going to be reading I love you too by Samantha Hines another UNC student hey don't sound so sad She's really nice, though. She's very nice. We already nice. had our, our interview with her, and she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, really good script. Uh, kind of a... I don't know what genre you would call it. Thriller? Not a thriller. Drama. <laughs> it's, a, it's a drama. Drama. It's a drama. It's a little with twisty. A yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, so stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. When we come back... Green light by Lord. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you we are reading I Love You Too by Samantha Hines. I'm Lauren and I will be playing Jeanette. I am Jackson and I will be playing Jeff. I'm Will and I'll be doing Action Lines. And we have a nice. special new fancy actor with us today. Yes. <laughs> That's her, everybody. <laughs> Bailey Elrod. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Bailey Elrod. I graduated from UNC with yes. a dramatic arts degree and a minor in social justice. Mm-hmm. I'm out here living with the hosts of this podcast mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, and I work at Target. Yep. Yay. And I'll be playing Allison. <laughs> <laughs> but the t- 
Target's the most important thing. Oh, for I'm sure. I'm a cashier at Target. Also, UNC Mafia, once again. Hey. Sorry, Lauren. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are alone in this world, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You are alone. Says her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Not great Not great from, <laughs> from old Jackson over here, but that's okay. Yeah. I guess without further ado, then. Let's get started. <laughs> I Love You Too, written by Samantha Hines. Interior, Allison's car, night. Allison, 18, drives down an empty rural road in an old red car with a look of determination on her face. The sun is just starting to set. Allison's phone plays a jazzy ringtone. She picks it up and glances down at it. The phone reads, Mom. She answers the call. We don't see Jeanette, but we hear the soft drawl of her southern accent. Allison has one too, but it's much more subtle than Jeanette's. Hey, Mom. Hi, sweetie. How's the drive so far? Is the car acting up at all? It's been good. The car's fine. Really no issues at all. You're checking the gas? I don't want you to run out. I'm about to stop at a gas station and take a break. How close are you? I'm just a couple of miles away from the coast now. A street sign comes into focus. Delaney Road. She turns onto the road and drives slowly, looking at the houses as she passes them. Good! Is Carrie already there? Yeah, she had to meet her aunt to get the key. Make sure to thank her aunt for letting you stay there, okay? I think her aunt will be gone by the time I get there, but I'll thank Carrie. All right. You're getting enough water? Yes, I am. I just don't want you getting dizzy while you're driving. I'm feeling great, Mom. Don't worry about me. Are you doing all right? Yeah, I am. I took some of your grandma's things to the pawn shop. They didn't take any of it, though. Really? Not even the jewelry? No. You'd think they'd buy some just out of sympathy, but no. We were really counting on that, too. Jeanette's breath starts to catch a little. Don't worry about it too much. Remember, you're breathing and get some chamomile. I picked your favorite before I left. The other end is silent besides some breathing. Mom? No, I'm fine, sweetie. Just a little stressed. Allison pulls to the side of the road close to a worn-down gray house. The house doesn't take up much space. The paint is chipping. There's an old green truck in the driveway. The mailbox says 431. I know we'll be fine. I'll make sure of it. The curtains on the house rustle a bit. Well, Allie, that's a nice sentiment, but... Mom, sorry. I just got to the gas station and I've got to go. People are waiting. Okay, well, stay safe and have fun, sweetie. You all worked so hard and you finally got there. You graduated. Well, have fun, Mom. I promise. Call me when you get there. I will. Love you. I love you, too. Bye. Allison hangs up the phone. She pulls the handle to open the door, but she stops. She unzips her backpack and takes out a bottle of water. She drinks some water, then puts it away and gets out of the car. She kicks the side of the car. Damn it! Allison looks at the house. It's still. She slams the car door and walks to the front of her car. She opens and looks under the hood of the car. After a few seconds, she slams the hood of the car down. She gets back into the driver's seat and pulls out her key. She starts the car, but quickly turns the key back to make it seem like it's stalling. She does this a couple of times. Eventually, Jeff... 50, opens the door of the house. Allison looks up at him. You alright? Jeff has a southern accent as well, but he is more twang in his voice than Allison and Jeanette. Allison puts on a smile and gets out of the car. Actually, no, I'm not. My car broke down and I have no idea how to get it started again. I'm not from around here. Can you help me? I can give you the number for a mechanic. That would be great. Would you mind terribly if I used your bathroom first, though? It's been a long drive. A pause as Jeff thinks of a way to say no. Yeah, I guess that's fine. Interior, Jeff's living room, night. 
Jeff and Allison walk through the front door into Jeff's living room. The walls are covered with American flags, a couple of guns are mounted on the wall, and there's a prominent deer head looming over the television. Intense. Thanks. Where are you driving from, anyway? Georgia. That's a long drive. Felt long. Bathroom's down there. He points down a short hallway. Allison smiles. Thanks. I'm Allison, by the way. Jeff gives a reluctant but polite smile. Jeff. Interior. Jeff's bathroom. Night. The bathroom is covered in dark red striped wallpaper. There is a small tub tucked beside a toilet and a sink with a short, dirty mirror right above it. Allison sits on the toilet lid. She can still see her face in the mirror. Interior. Jeff's living room. Jeff falls back onto his couch. He waits a few seconds, glancing towards the bathroom door and impatiently tapping the arm of the sofa. He picks up his cell phone on the side table beside him and dials a number. Hey, it's Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, so if someone just broke down on my street, is it too late for you to come down and help her out? A jazzy ringtone starts to blare from the bathroom. Interior, Jeff's bathroom, continuous. A jazzy ringtone pours out from Allison's phone. She jumps, surprised by the sudden noise. She sees it's her mom. She hovers over the accept button. Interior, Jeff's living room, continuous. Jeff, listening to the voice on the phone, walks away from the noise and towards the kitchen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if you can get here soon, that'd be great. Interior, Jeff's bathroom, continuous. Allison declines the call. She gets up and washes her hands. Interior, Jeff's living room. Allison walks out to find an empty living room. She walks past the living room and finds her way to the kitchen. Interior, Jeff's kitchen. Allison walks into a clean and tidy kitchen. Jeff is hanging up the phone. There are vegetables and cutting boards on the counter. It looks like Jeff had been cooking before she arrived. Went ahead and called the mechanic. He'll be here about an hour and a half. That's great. I really do appreciate the help. I don't know what I would have done. Jeff gives a half-hearted smile. What are you cooking? I was fixing to make a vegetable soup. I can help. Jeff seems a little unhappy with that suggestion. You don't have to. It's the least I can do. I have to wait here for a while anyway. I promise I'm a good cook. I guess that'd be fine. Great. I can chop if you'd like. Knock yourself out. Allison picks up the knife and puts a couple of stalks of celery on the cutting board. Jeff pulls a few containers of chicken broth out of the cabinet. Then he pulls out a large pot and sets it on the stovetop. Allison watches him warily. So what do you do around here? Do you have any hobbies? Not really. Well, do you like to cook? Gotta eat. Well, what do you do? Manage the mini-mart a couple of blocks down. Oh, okay. Jeff pours the broth into the pot and turns the eye on. Why are you traveling here, anyway? I just got my own car. And you just had to get to rural Alabama? What can I say? I like cows. They're cows in Georgia. Not the ones I'm looking for. Jeff gives her a strange look. He pours the celery Allison has cut into the pot. Really, though, I'm just passing through. Allison grabs a couple of carrots and starts to chop them. Do you like it here? Like what? Where? Working at the Mini Mart. Do you like it? Pays the bills. A beat. Have any family? No, I live alone. Well, do you have any family you don't live with? No. Okay. Allison grabs another carrot to chop. I have a family. It's just my mom and me, but I knew my dad for a little while. He left when I was pretty young, though. That's a shame. Not really. He was a piece of shit. Well, you know, I should probably... He drank a lot, screamed at my mom and me, then he left. My mom was depressed, and we had to move in with my grandma. She helped mom get back on her feet a little, but she just died, so... 
Oh. So now it's all on me to support my mom and... Jeff looks uncomfortable. He doesn't say anything. He takes out some salt and pours some into the pot without tasting the broth first. Hell, I just now was finally able to afford my own shitty car. Allison scrapes what she's cut into the pot. And to be honest, I don't even think my dad would recognize me if he saw me. I mean, I guess now I know he wouldn't. What exactly are you getting at? The worst part is, even though I knew he wouldn't remember me, there was still a part of me that held out hope that I could be wrong at least about that. Allison slams the knife down, cutting the last of the carrot. Jeff steps back from the counter and takes a heavy breath. He slams his hand down on the counter. You have no right to be here. Who the hell do you think you are, tracking me down and coming to my house like this? Allison is taken aback. She grips her chopping knife tightly. What the hell do you even think you're doing? How'd you even find me? I found your name when I was looking through my grandma's things. Then it was just a little bit of searching and... And you thought you should just come here and... Just listen to me, okay? Allison is getting more worked up. I couldn't protect me and mom before, but I'm not a little girl anymore. So what's your plan now? I swear, if Jeanette- Shut up! Just shut up! You think you can push people around, but you can't! You think you can hurt people and just get away with it, but you're not getting away with it anymore! You're finally going to pay for everything you did! Jeff is taken aback. He zeroes in on the knife that Allison is absentmindedly, but rather intensely, gripping. She unintentionally points it at him as she gestures. Look, Allison. Allie. Let's talk about this. I don't want to talk about it. What do you want from me? I want Mom to not have panic attacks all the time. I want her to be able to live without me there all the time. I want to be able to trust people. I I want to feel like I have a life ahead of me and like I won't be cleaning up your mess for the rest of my life. Look, Allison, I was young and I made some bad choices. I was young. You were supposed to keep me safe, but instead you were the one I had nightmares about for years after you left. Look... I regret what I did. I really do. You can't just say you regret it and have everything be okay. That's not how this works. I know. You can't erase everything you put me through, everything you put Mom through. I'm sorry, Allison. Just please, please, put the knife down. For the first time, Allison becomes aware of the knife she's holding. No, that's that's not what I... Allison puts the knife on the counter. I, I wasn't. I know. Allison's a little calmer than she has been. They're trying to take away our house. Apparently my grandma was struggling with the payments, but she wouldn't tell us. My mom can't work anymore. Not that much anyway, because... I just need you to stop being the core of all my problems. I know. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I don't know what to do. Allison is now remarkably focused. Write me a check. We need a lot of things, but we need money. Okay, okay. I don't have a lot of money, but... We've been struggling for ten years. Give us as much as you possibly can. Jeff carefully walks into the living room, with Allison following him. He picks up his checkbook, which is sitting on a table by the television. He fills it out. He rips the check out and hands it to her. She looks at it and folds it into her pocket. Are we good? Jeff stands still. She looks at him. She walks out of the house through the front door. Exterior outside Jeff's house, continuous. Allison walks out of the house. She's enveloped by the sound of cicadas chirping in the trees around her. It's darker now. The only light comes from the window of Jeff's house and his porch light. She shuts the door behind her and walks to her car. She's on the verge of tears with adrenaline coursing through her. Interior. Allison's car. Continuous. Allison gets in the car and takes a deep but shaky breath. She puts her face in her hands and breathes heavily, trying to pull herself together. Allison takes her keys from her pocket. She tries to start her car, but it backfires. 
She takes a shaky breath. She tries it again, but it still doesn't start. She tries one more time, but it still doesn't start. You've got to be fucking kidding me. She opens her door and steps out of the car. The door to the house opens and Jeff takes a step outside. Allison looks under the hood of the car, checking the battery terminals. Jeff stands by the car, unmoving. After a few seconds, Allison looks up at him. What? Look, I've got some jumper cables. Good for you. Allison returns to looking under the car hood. I wouldn't offer, but I figure you don't want to be here much longer. Kanik wouldn't get here for another hour still. It's worth a try. Allison looks at Jeff, then back at the car. I'll be right back. Jeff walks back into his house. Allison slams the hood of her car down, taking out her anger a little on the car. Allison breathes in heavily, trying not to cry. She looks back at the house again and opens the hood back up. She gets back in the driver's seat. She takes the check out of her pocket. Allison's phone starts to ring. The screen says, Mom. Allison shoves the check into her bag. She answers the phone and tries to mask how upset she is. Hey, Mom. Hey, sweetie. Are you okay? I, I thought you would be there by now. Uh, yeah, I, I, f I forgot to call. Sorry. So you're there? Jeff walks out with the jumper cables. Yeah. Did you find Carrie okay? Are the rest of the girls there already? Jeff gets into his car to pull it around. Yeah, I found it. Everyone's here. I, I think I may come home kind of early, though. What? Why? Jeff pulls the car a couple of feet in front of Allison's car. He gets out and sees that Allison's on the phone. He opens his hood and attaches the jumper cables to his car and then her car. I just really want to come home. I don't really want to get into it. Okay. Well, let me know when you're on your way back. Jeff gets into his car and starts the engine. I will. I love you, Mom. I love you, too. Allison hangs up the phone. She sits for a few seconds, giving Jeff's car time to run before she starts her own. She turns the key to start her car. The two sit in their respective cars as Allison's engine whirs to life. Blackout. everybody, welcome back to the Greenlight Green Podcast. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, Lauren and I are here today. Uh, it's a very it's a very momentous occasion, I would say, Lauren. Yeah. Uh, this, <laughs> this is our first interview with someone who Lauren and I don't like. No, no. I will say... Oh, I thought you were about to say someone we don't like. I was like, oh my <laughs> no, gosh. No, of course not. Well, to be fair, we haven't talked to Samantha that much, but... I'm sure I we will love we her. Like you. We I will think love we like her. You. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, without further ado, this is Samantha Hines, everyone. Um, Samantha, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? We we're, we're doing we're doing great sitting here in our old closet here <laughs> recording this episode. <laughs> um, I will say, Samantha is another member of the Chapel Hill Mafia. Goes to UNC. What year <laughs> are you at UNC, actually? Um, I'm going to be a sophomore this coming fall. Wow. Oh, wow. So youthful. Oh my goodness. That is, <laughs> that feels like ages for, for us old people a year out of college. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's enough of us talking, I guess. Uh, so Samantha, um, just give us your like screenwriter. Oh, I'm sorry. Lauren's looking at me cause that was her question and that's correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, give us your screenwriter <laughs> origin story. 
Um, yeah, mine's like kind of recent. I guess I've, I'm kind of a, a newbie. Um, I started out like acting when I was really young. Um, oh. And that's like what I've done for most of my life. It was only in like the past two years, like when I wrote something for like my acting ensemble to do. And then I was like, oh, wait, I actually I actually really like this. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I got to Chapel Hill. Um, and I, I took some classes there. I got involved with CFA and um, STV. And, uh, and yeah, here we are. Here we cool. are. That's great. That's it's, it's so funny to hear you say that you're an actor. Lauren and I are both actors yes. as well. Yeah. Uh, yes, we we are. Um, Lauren went to Western Carolina actually I did. for oh, okay. for a little bit of background. But yes, I am another member of the UNC Mafia as well, the Chapel Hill Mafia. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just so funny. We've had a couple other people. Um, do you know Matthew Keith and Michael Sparks? Uh, I know Michael Sparks. Okay, gotcha. Uh, uh, other UNC actors who are also writers. So just just yeah. funny. Seems We've to be had a... them all on here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we really have. <laughs> we really have. Um, no, that that's super cool though. Um, well, as as sort of a new writer, we would like to say we really enjoy your work. Um, yeah. We we Thank like the you. script a lot. Um, so we're gonna sort of dive into some questions from the script specifically. Um, so one of the things that I uh, that we both noted was Allison's relationship with her mom. We really liked that. And because it's it's interesting, it starts out with her mom seeming like like, you know, the typical like overbearing, like, you know, drink your water, you know, be safe, please. Um, Call but, me when you get there. Exactly. <laughs> which I've heard a million times from my own mother. Shout out, mom. <laughs> but then it sort of morphs. And as the story continues, you sort of see that Allison is almost the one who's kind of taking care of her mom. So I'd love you to sort of hear you talk about like their relationship dynamic and what you were hoping to sort of like achieve with that. Yeah, I think like uh, once I figured out that this was going to be kind of like uh, that, that Allison and her dad were going to be the uh, one of the main like the one of the relationships I focused on, um, I, I didn't want to like <laughs> I wanted to explore like how uh, I wanted to explore their relationship like in like uh, in relationship with her relationship <laughs> with her mom sure. to uh, phrase it strangely. Um, and I think like. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to under, like have her mom not be kind of like a stereotype exactly, but like be a fully fledged person who's mm -hmm. like dealing with like depression and, and things that, that people do have to deal with. Um, yeah, and I think like her mom, Allison's mom is like a real motivation for her um, in, in not just this uh, and not just in this, but like in, in a lot of what she does. And I, I that was really important for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that was, that was definitely evident throughout the script. And I think we sort of come back to that. We have a couple questions that kind of deal with that. Um, but mm -hmm. one, one thing that I had a question on that we actually just recorded the reading of it earlier today. And one moment that I really liked was right before Allison like gets out of the car she takes a sip of water. And the first time I read that, I was like, what is that moment? Am I missing something? So I was going to ask it. And then when we were reading it earlier today, I um, I caught on to the thing where it says, like, her mom's like, you make sure you're drinking water. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I, just, I, I love that moment that it's like, you know, I think that is perfectly encompassing of, like, yes, she is doing this pretty much for her mom yeah. and you know and like even in these this crazy time this crazy thing she's about to do she still wants to like listen to and respect her mom so I really like that little segment yeah yeah I I 
<laughs> yeah, that was intentional. Um, and yeah, because I, I didn't, since like, I think it's easy for the, the lines, especially that um, her mom has at the beginning for her to come off as like annoying mom. Um, mm-hmm. I think like I wanted to make it clear that Allison really does value her mom. And she, mm-hmm. you know, while she may be frustrated with the situation she's in, like she values her, her mom's opinions and, and knows that she wants what's best for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to all the moms out there. Yeah. Yeah. Big shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there's an interesting rehearse- reversal, not rehearsal, there's an interesting <laughs> reversal here in structure. Um, so, you know, I feel like if you see a stereotypical, oh, well, you know, uh, this woman breaks down in front of a kind of dilapidated house and this man comes to her aid and helps her. And, you know, the man ends up having most of the power and control in that dynamic. But with this story, it's 100 percent. Um, Allison, who is in control the whole time, even when at first we think that, oh, her car might have honestly just broken down. Um, so talk about what you were trying to achieve with that and the effect that you hoped that it had on the story. Yeah, um, I well, this story kind of like originally started as like I wanted to be I, I was going to have it so that like it was actually just a person who broke down um, outside of someone's house. But I think I was kind of left with this, like, I, I didn't like the dynamic of there being this, like, because there is something about, like, you know, the the man who kind of has the whole, all the power over this situation that kind of made me a little uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to play with something outside of that. Um, and yeah, I think I, there's also, you know, this kind of idea of like, oh, this young, innocent girl, like breaking down outside of this man's house, like, mm-hmm. he's gonna save her or whatever. Um, and I guess I just wanted to, to not like to not have that. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, yeah, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Totally. Well, because it definitely it it definitely starts out looking that way, but then it turns into something completely different. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I think you know, obviously, there's that um, thing of like, yeah, you were uncomfortable with the idea of that, but also like that story has been told before. This story right, is yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's newer. It's like, you know, it, turning that on its head, which I think is, is super fun and interesting um, and done in a really cool way in this story. Yeah. Um, and it definitely just shows that Allison's really intelligent, you know, for kind of coming up with this whole plan to confront her dad and, you know, like, yeah. I guess coming up with an issue that pretty much anyone would, would respond to if someone's car was breaking down right in front of their house. Yeah. And also kind mm-hmm. of, like, forcing the issue upon him, because it's like, you're broken down, like, there's not much you can do. You can't leave. Yeah, right? he's kind of in the middle <laughs> yeah. of nowhere, so he's sort of, he's sort of a forced to confront that. Uh, so that's a really cool device. I really like it. Yeah. Um, so, obviously... Spoiler alert. However, anyone who is hearing this... <laughs> Hopefully you didn't skip the, the, yeah. the film. That would be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, obviously, there you do find out, I, we might have said it already, anyways, that it's actually Allison's dad who is is the person who, um, who she comes upon. I put comes upon in quotes because, obviously, it was planned. Um, but sort of at what point in the script were you hoping that the audience realized that this was... Allison's dad and I, I don't want to say when I realized it first I want to hear what, what you had to say because I will say for for a decent amount of time I had no idea I was like what is she doing what is she planning so yeah. I, I would love to hear when <laughs> like the moment you were sort of thinking um I, I guess it was somewhere around when they were in the kitchen um I I wanted like 
her to be kind of forcing this conversation about like her life and what he he liked to do um just be like a little strangely interested in his life um and I guess like I wanted people to get an idea maybe early on but like at the point where she starts talking about family and like Mm -hmm. do you have any family like that was where like I intended for it to become obvious what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think the moment when she says, you know, do you have any family that doesn't live with you? Yes. I was like, oh no. That's exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's I think it is cool how it's revealed because I there definitely was like I could tell something was going on, right? Right. You just don't you, know what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it's like slowly realizing what that is and then putting the pieces together and then that moment just like clicking and it's like, oh that's it. <laughs> that is it. Um, and I guess sort of sort of jumping off that moment and into when they get into sort of a more intense conversation, there's that moment with where she has the knife because she's she's cutting the vegetables or whatever. And then mm-hmm. her, her dad starts to get like nervous. And then there's that moment where he points it out that she's holding it. And then she's like, no, 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 that's not that's not what this is. And she, and she puts it down. I really enjoyed that moment because it was like it was such a shift in her demeanor and then sort of like a, a, a coming down to earth of like she sort of remembered why she was there. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd love for you to talk about that choice and to sort of pose Allison as this, you know, potential threat. And then to um, then quickly diffuse that with like um, that diffuse that anger into then something like more productive. Yeah, um, I, I think like I, I definitely wanted uh, this interaction to be a lot of like Allison getting things off her chest Mm -hmm. like even though she has a goal um I she also has like a lot of pent-up emotions and like Mm -hmm. trauma from him leaving and and not treating her and her mom well um and I I guess I wanted her to kind of come in with a plan but like get like a, a little derailed and like have her emotions take over take her over a little bit um because I think like I, I don't know. It just, it's, it's like a heated thing. Um, and I think as, as, uh, intentional and, um, uh, like thoughtful, uh, she's been going into this, uh, as, um, I think, uh, she's still like, th- there's still a little bit of it that she can't control. And like, this is still her father that she knew when she was little. And I think like a lot of anger is bubbling up there. So I, but I also know that, like, you know, I didn't want it to be, like, a story of her, like, getting way too upset and just threatening her father into doing what she wants. Because I, I don't think that's who she is or what she wants mm-hmm. um, from her father. Because um, yeah. I think, honestly, what she wants from her father, I don't think she's ever going to be able to get. Um, mm. right. And I think that's a little bit of the frustration that's coming up there. At least that's what I intended. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I realized um, on subsequent reads after the first time that, you know, when she first introduces herself and says, I'm Allison, that's the moment when she wants him. That's like kind of her last ditch effort at like, do you recognize me Hmm. as your daughter, Mm -hmm. Allison? And then he just like, I'm Jeff, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I feel like that would definitely derail me in that situation. If I was like really just hoping and expecting that there would be some kind of recognition and then there wasn't. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a really good point. I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought about that. The, like the power in her just saying her name and hoping, hoping for something. But yeah, that it's, it's so cool. Cause it's like, you know, there, there is the choice obviously of 
having her, like, threaten him with the knife and, you know, getting her way through, like, force or, or something like that. But I think it's almost more powerful to have her do it this way. Because yeah. it's like, you know, it, it not only shows that... Um, you know, she's in control of her own emotions to a certain extent. You know, she she has a little bit of an outburst, but then she's like, no, I know what I'm here to do. I, I don't want to, you know, necessarily cause any lasting harm or damage. I'm j- I'm here. So, oh, there was one line. Oh, I can't remember. Um, Something about just, like, m- wanting to make the pain stop. Something along those lines. It was something about, lines. like, I want you to not be the core of my problems yes. or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, with that goal in mind, what she does makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, you know, so so kudos to you for mm. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So um, I always like to ask everyone this. If you had to pick one moment in this script, you know, if you changed everything else, you would not change this. What is your favorite moment in the script? Oh, um, that's hard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Probably when she walks out of the house at the end um, and gets in the car, um, like right before the very end, uh, her but her conversation with her mom um, when her car won't start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that that's probably my the biggest part that I wouldn't want to change. Um, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a nice a nice powerful moment, right? Because it's like she's trying to hold it all in and like yeah. not tell her about what happened. Um, and yeah. so just like like the contrast of like that like that super powerful thing that just happened with just sort of the nonchalance that she's trying to give her mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. So that's enough with the script. Script was great. Um, <laughs> we are going to ask, uh, you know, a little, some questions about you, some just questions in general. So this isn't really a, about you, but it's about sort of your opinion, I guess. Or like writing in general. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's, a, that's okay. a better way of saying it, I guess, <laughs> Lauren. Um, so obviously this story has a, has a big twist, like we've talked about. Um, we had a bit of discussion in our house, actually, about just sort of, like, the role that twists and, like, spoilers, per se, like, play into a story. Yeah. And we so... We have one person in our house who likes to spoil everything for himself. Yeah. Uh... Um, yeah. And, um, <laughs> so, and actually, Will kind of, too. Will doesn't really? mind spoilers. Why yeah. Do you know about Will? Yeah. So, <laughs> a couple people. We have to deal with a couple people. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> So, um, what, what sort of, what's your opinion on like twists and like how that affects like a film's replay value? Um, and so like, for instance, like if a story relies mostly on spoilers, does it like, do you think it lose some of its rewatch value or just sort of your, your general Uh, opinion on that? Um, I guess it depends like on the, the film or play. Um, I, I don't think it ruins it. Like, I don't think like you couldn't watch it again once you know the twist. Cause mm-hmm. I think like you find um, little like things that you didn't notice before because you yeah. didn't notice the twist. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like a, a new way to watch it. Um, but I definitely like, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's so, I, I like twists. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like twists. Um, well, yeah, Period. I think, like, the experience Period. of the experience of watching something with a major plot twist for the first time yes. is just you know, it just <laughs> it just really ruins it if there's a spoiler. Yeah. 
Yeah. Definitely. I am not a fan of spoilers in those situations. <laughs> yeah. I avoid them like the plague myself. Like, I hate them. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think there is, because for, for an example, uh, Lauren and I saw Get Out Together for the first time. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. obviously there's a super big twist in that. And so just like that watching experience was incredible. Mm-hmm. But then I think what a, a good movie with a big twist can do is when you go back and rewatch it, you're like looking for the clues for that sure. you missed. Yeah. That you yeah. like when you missed that, that yeah. first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think there's you're definitely... like a detective. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Or like, oh, ooh, another perfect. big one is uh, the, the Prestige. Oh, yeah. That's true. one. I mean, I, when I got to the end of it the first time I watched it, I was like, I need to go back and watch it right now. Yeah. <laughs> to try and pick up on everything because I had... I did not see it coming at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Have you seen The Prestige, Samantha? I have not, actually. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't actually spoil it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, please watch it. It's so good. I'll have to. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. Don't quote me. Don't no know. one quote me or come at me in the comments. But I think, <laughs> I do think it's on Netflix. Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale. It's um, Amazing. it's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have a fun little thing that we actually haven't tried before. So you're the first person. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the first person we don't know. You know. We, yeah. We got to do some rapid fire <laughs> questions. Yeah. So it's just uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some like quick questions that typically just requires either a yes, a no, or just like one or the other. Um, okay. So yeah. So buckle in. Just some quick fire questions. Now I'm I'm gonna warn you, Samantha. They're all yeah. incredibly serious. So yeah. you have to take uh, all of them very seriously, okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right. Lauren's going to start us off. All right. Which do you like to write more, drama or comedy? Uh, drama. Okay. Cool. Which do you like to watch more? Comedy. Ooh. Favorite reality TV show of all time? Oh, um, uh, I honestly don't really watch reality TV. Mm. That's fair. Re- a recommendation <laughs> from us, Too Hot to Handle. It's odd. It's so good. <laughs> I've seen trailers for that. Yeah. It's, especially if you have a couple friends to watch it with, it's just, it's, it's a good perfect, time. it's perfect garbage television, I argue. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, uh, flight. Mm, that's same, a good one. Same. That's, of course, you gotta go with flight. <laughs> uh, favorite Disney Channel <laughs> original cool. movie. Oh, read it and weep. Ooh. Yes, I love read it and weep. Great choice. Yes. Good I was, one. I was expecting like a High School Musical or something like that, no, which also this is valid. So much better, honestly. But yes, read yeah. it and weep. Perfect answer. Okay. Really speaking good. of Disney, are you familiar with Lilo and Stitch? Yes. Okay. Good. We would have to end the interview immediately if you weren't. <laughs> but, okay. Who would win in a fight? Ten thousand Lilos versus one hundred Stitches. One hundred stitches. Okay, good. I th- I think that is the right answer. He originally said a thousand Lilos, and I was like, you gotta bump it up just to make it harder. Yeah, <laughs> and even even still though, I don't know. Yeah. Then again, I I do think there is value in just sheer numbers. Cause what is that? Is that a hundred Lilos for every stitch? Yeah. Yeah. So that they can that just pile up on top of exactly. Them. That's a lot. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch yeah. the movie and 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 dive deeper. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll do an investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Shark Boy or Lava Girl? A uh, Lava Girl. Mm-hmm. I agree. Also I a good agree. choice. Who played Lava Girl? Who's the actress? I don't know. I don't know. Because obviously, it, uh, God, what's his face? Because he ties into our next question. Um, Taylor Lautner yeah. played Shark Boy. But whatever happened to Lava Girl? What happened, folks? The investigative question, question of the century. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can easily Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Taylor Lautner, Edward or Jacob? Uh, Jacob. Okay. Huh. 
Oh, interesting. Oh, well, I mean, I was answer? not into Twilight at all, but that is definitely the... I don't know. That's that's an interesting choice. I feel like Jacob is probably the more common answer. No, Edward's definitely the more common answer. Edward really? is like... Yeah, Edward is like... I feel like... I've heard more Jacob. Yeah. Really? Well, but but I feel like Taylor Lautner was definitely more attractive exactly. at the time. <laughs> exactly. But Maybe that's it. I mean, I mean, I feel like that's what I heard. But from Edward everyone. is like the protagonist. You know what well, I mean? Well, yeah, but like, like that doesn't mean yeah. You know, you don't see Edward's abs as much, which I think is a <laughs> is a downside <laughs> to his, to his uh, character. Um, uh, okay. Uh, what's your Hogwarts house? Oh, um, I've tested and got Slytherin, but that sounds a little malicious. I'm no, Slytherin too. Lauren That's okay. Is Slytherin. That's okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Cool. We have a couple Same Slytherins team. in this house, actually. Um. Yeah. And so I actually have one more question that we forgot to write down. Oh. What is your detour of the week? So oh, we do true. a segment uh, at the beginning of every episode called Detours, where we talk about a, a play or a movie or a TV show or a book, uh, just anything that you consumed in the past week that you would recommend. Oh, well, I, this might be a common answer right now, but I've been rewatching Avatar The Last oh, Airbender. Yes. Yes. yes, I have too. It's so fantastic. Have, yes, it's so good. Where are you in the series? Um, I'm on book three, so like the start of the nice. third season. Gotcha. Very cool. Everyone's, I, I started watching it like weeks ago. And to be fair, I am slow with watching stuff because especially with something that I really want to watch, I have to like sit down with That's no distractions true, yeah. and I really like yeah. to focus on it. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm still like at the beginning of book two, but, um, oh, wow. one of our, one of our housemates, Jacob, the same person who doesn't, um, really care about spoilers. He's, <laughs> who's also been on this podcast many times before, but he, uh, he's already finished and he started like a week after me. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a, that's a great choice. Did you watch it when it originally came out? I did. I watched it with my family. It was our, our show we watched together. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I think, I think that's, that's all we had for you. you we, we haven't asked this before. Do you have any questions for us? Um, I guess I'm wondering, like, as a UNC grad and not UNC grad, like, mm. what are you guys doing out in the world? And, and how is the world? Wow. Uh, the what world a, is scary and horrible. Beyond college. But... <laughs> yeah. What a, what a question you, oh, you man. sprang upon us, Samantha. Um, no, no, sure. no. Um, <laughs> Things have been good. We, we're actually really enjoying it out here. Um, yeah. we, we live in LA right now. I don't know if okay. we told you or if Ellie told you, but yeah, out here in LA. Yeah. And... So it's like six here instead of nine. Yes. True. Oh, wow. True. Yeah. 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 A l- little bit of a time difference, but yeah. you know, we're, we're doing it. Obviously acting stuff has slowed down right now. Right. Um, so we're sort mm-hmm. of taking it one step at a time, but it, it's been good. We've, we've been taking classes. We've been taking martial arts classes, which have been a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so trying to enjoy being an adult as much as, <laughs> as much as we can in this time where everyone's sort of, sort of stuck inside. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah. So I don't want to take over that Lauren, if you have anything to add. No, yeah, I mean, that's about it. I mean, thankfully, you know, things are starting to kind of come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, if there's any place to be stuck inside for a few months, L.A. is not a bad one. Yeah. So. <laughs> we are, that's we are, good. we're very fortunate because, well, we live in a house with five other people yeah. right now. But mm-hmm. the perks of that is... <laughs> it's a house. <laughs> it, it's a house and we have a pool. So it's that like... That is nice. Yeah, if you're going to be quarantined anywhere, might as well have a place with a pool. Yeah. Um, yes. So so super fortunate for that. But yeah, yeah. thank you for yeah. asking us wow. about us. That's new. <laughs> Future guests take no note. No one ever asks, how is Jackson and Lauren? <laughs> exactly. <Aww. laughs> um, 
Um, yeah. So if you want to get in touch with Samantha, um, her email will be in the description if you're interested in producing this script or seeing more of her work. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Yay. of course. So All nice right. So nice to talk to you. So nice to talk to you, Samantha. Bye. 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 like that episode be sure to rate and review us on apple podcasts yes. so you know five star ratings always really help but if you can find it in your hearts to write even just a couple words uh you can leave your detour of the week you can roast jackson please that will help move us up the charts even more and help our podcast reach more people two words jackson sucks we'll read that on the podcast i promise you we will promise, pinky promise <laughs> over the airwaves uh also if you want to some more updates on our episodes release some fun other things that we do follow us on our socials uh, on twitter and instagram it is at tgl underscore pod and then on facebook it is at green light pod yes. no spaces all lowercase just look um, that up and you'll find us we're the one yeah. with the light bulb yeah ding. ding and then our specific socials mine is uh at j underscore woodward underscore c if you don't know how to spell it it's in the description below and mine is uh i'm at lauren hunkley on twitter and at hunkle or no wait are no, you? I'm oh, at no. Hunkleberry. Never mind. A crisis. This a is crisis. a crisis. Well, I have a separate Twitter account that I made that's at Lauren Hunkley. Never it mind. It will be in the description It'll below. It will be in the description. It's Hunkleberry. To avoid you any can't spell confusion. That. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> and then if you want your play to be read, your screenplay to be read, or mm -hmm. your music to be heard on this podcast, please send all of that to tglsubmit at gmail.com. That will also be in the description. Yes. And final thank yous. Thank you to our guests and everyone who came on and helped us on this episode. Thank you to Nicholas Bafia for lending us the equipment that we could not do this without you. And, and thank you to Art Wing for lending us this closet. Yes, true. Thank you, Art. <laughs> That's our landlord. <laughs> and thanks, Mom and Dad, for being you. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Bye.